This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Oladanji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, this is Liki. Hi, this is Christina. And hi, this is Brian. Excited to be here with everyone again and talking today about eco-anxiety and this topic of sort of becoming aware of the challenges facing our planet and our culture and some of those, the awareness of those challenges filtering in and creating a sense of, uh, you know, attentiveness, awareness, focus that can lead to anxiety, challenge, possibly other emotions as well. Um, and I'll share, you know, from a, my personal side, as I've been getting more and more involved, which I've loved being involved with the Carbon Almanac and this podcast, these other things, my awareness of some of these issues has expanded. And with some of that and doing some of the specific projects I was working on and diving into and meeting some of these really impressive thought leaders who were out there making really big impacts on the world, um, the, my awareness started to move into a place of creating a sense of anxiety as there was sort of this sense of incongruity of like what I knew to be right and what my own actions were and what I was seeing happen around me with you know, my own family and friends and colleagues and things. And, you know, and there's this, uh, I don't know, I don't remember the exact quote precisely, but I know one of our past speakers, Josh Spodek, references it. Um, more beautifully than I will about a quote from Abraham Lincoln, a former president here in the United States about one of the worst things you can do is act differently than you know to be what is the right thing to do. Um, and I think that's this, at its core, that's where this place of eco-anxiety comes from, sort of knowing better, but still acting in a certain way. And, you know, I'll share that for me, this last you know, fall, winter, early spring, it, it really was building up and coming to a head in a, in a couple of ways of just sort of this anxiety um, and a little bit of tunnel vision on all the different moving parts that were problematic. And, you know, if, if, if we came home from the grocery store and our groceries included, you know, something with plastic packaging, it, I got stressed uh, and it bothered me. And, um, and a whole host of other things. Um, and so that was, you know, sort of this place that like led to some, some extra anxiety for me in my own personal life. And, you know, Christina, we were chatting and you had, you had a really interesting perspective to share on this and sort of how you approach not just eco-anxiety, but things and that can create concerns and worry and anxiety. So I want to turn it over to you. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I have been thinking about this. One of my, uh, eco-anxieties happened in the last uh, fall. I went to Edinburgh and the garbage men were on strike. 
and everywhere around there were uh, piles from the tourists of coffee cups and plastic bottles. And I realized walking through the park, I realized, oh my God, this is what's showing me. It's showing me all my cups through my life. I gathered and thrown out into the universe. And uh, it, uh, I was really sad. And I started living in panicking, like, I have to stop everything. I have to, and I just got wild up as uh, what you were talking about. And I remember I went through the School of the Work training, which is, it calls the work and it's done by Byron Katie. And she has these four questions and turn around. And when I started panicking, I went, okay, is it true? Do I know 100%? that this is true, that these all cubs are looking at me. And that, and it calmed me down, kind of, I realized, okay, I have to come back into the reality of it, what's going on, and more go in the direction of inspiration instead of fear and sadness and panic. So that was really helpful. Yeah, and, and so this is... Um... Byron Katie is this uh, author and speaker who has created this concept. And, and you, you mentioned, and I've just been reading up on this since you told me about it, but you mentioned that there are four questions. And so I'm going to walk through the, the four different questions here for our listeners. The first question is, and this, these are questions you ask yourself about this thought you're having. Right. One so, simple thought. Yeah. yeah, a simple thought. So we'll use your example since you've shared it here of like, is this the universe showing me every coffee cup I've ever disposed <laughs> yes. of, right? Yeah, as I walk down the street. And so the questions are, is it true? That's the first question. Um, and then the second question, which I find interesting because it's like, it's like, it's like checking you a little bit again is, can you absolutely know that it's true? So it's in an, in an interesting twist on the first question, my mind. The third question is, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? So like sort of how does that change your behavior, your reaction, your actions? And then the fourth is, who would you be without that thought? As if you like deleted that thought and you weren't using it. And so Christina... Do you want to sort of talk through this? Are you comfortable talking through this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, uh, example. <laughs> oh, yeah. So is it true? I, uh, in that moment, I felt, yep. Yeah, that's it. This is it. Uh, and uh, when I repeated, well, am I absolutely sure? No, I'm not absolutely sure of anything. And uh, so that kind of stopped me from uh, feeling uh, in such a various, this is it. There is no other way. So it kind of calmed me down. Yeah. And how would you react? It comes back to where does that impulse, I'm doing something wrong. When did I see something that uh, it's, I'm not good enough and all these kind of thoughts coming back in from different things. So it's not just about the cups, it's just also about inability 
to accept what's going on and just get inspired by it and start thinking, okay, what can I do? What, uh, what are the easy steps to do? And when I, when I uh, turned it around, who would you be without the thought? There is this pause during this process. Katie Byron has a, uh, has a website where all this stuff you can get for free. And in this four question, there's this beautiful pause. You just feel it. What would it feel in the body and in mind without that, that thought? Because, and now uh, it's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. And when it's so peaceful, there are all these, okay, I can do this. I can do that. Do I, for one of the things I have been remembering that made me remember to put a, plas a cup for coffee or juice, a plas uh, I have some glass or plastic cups with a lid. So mm -hmm. I have it in my bag and uh, whenever... I get some drink outside, I'll ask them to put it in the cup. So, and I, and she also has turnaround. So uh, people can read up on, on her website, what the turnaround, it's a process. But for me, it was input for remembering. Uh, now it's five months or so after Scotland. And I still remember that pile. And so when I go out, I still take, I remember taking the cup, wash it, because I usually take it out, wash it, and put it back in my bag. Uh, and I think that's important to get inspired and make these tiny steps that will lead towards. So that was my process. Yeah, I think that's, thank you for sharing. That's, you know, well shared and, and beautifully said. And as I reflect on some of what you're saying, I think, you know, there are many thoughts that create anxiety for us that that very first question of these four questions, is it true? The answer is no. And, you know, you know, there are self-doubt questions that I think many of us the world over deal with, you know, if I get wrinkles, will this person stop loving me? And we feel that but it's not true. And then that second question helps validate that or sort of helps strike it out. Can you absolutely know that it's true? And the answer is no, I can't absolutely know that's true either. But within our environmental challenges, there's, there is a lot of truth to the challenges that we're facing, right? And to the impacts of these decisions and actions that we individually and thus we as a larger, you know, uh, culture and set of ecosystems create. And so for me, in my own personal sort of approach with this, like, I think I moved past question one and two. And, you know, reading the IPCC reports and everything, like, knowing that, like, I think these things really are true. And I absolutely can know that some of these things that I'm worried about are true. Like, I moved through those first two questions. And with this, like, oh, yeah, they are true. Um, and that's part of, for me, I think where some of this, like this anxiety that normally I don't worry about if I get wrinkles, my wife won't keep loving me, honey, if you're listening, I hope you keep loving me, even if I get wrinkled. Um, 
But I move past that because I think I can sort of ask that question. Is that true? No, I think she'll love me even as a wrinkly old man. Um, but I move into this then, how do you react? What happens when you believe that thought? And this is where this, you know, it sort of leads me to, and Christina, as you were just saying, like a need to have an impact and to sort of make, like do something about it, you know? And, you know, Leaky, I wanted to turn over to you because I think you had some good perspectives on on this and how action helps you deal with these kind of things. Yeah, well, I think I'm like all of you and all of the reasons that we all, I am sometimes um, overwhelmed by this feeling of eco-anxiety, um, especially when I spend time with kids. You know, I don't know if you notice if you have kids around you, they are very, very concerned about the environment. And when you see kids and they talk, they're worried. And then I kind of, you know, this feeling of anxiety move to a feeling of um, guilt. That's even worse, actually. <laughs> And sometimes I feel that, well, it, it's it's quite depressing because I think that, um, yeah, but there's nothing much we can do. But when you say, when you are or feel powerless, you're not helping anything. So I'm trying to find uh, puzzle strategies to move beyond that. And one thing I found very, very useful is actually something I heard from um, one of our, in France, one of our um well, I should not say um, carbon influences because it's it's not a very nice um, way of labeling him because he's doing great work. He's doing uh, a lot of work advising the government um, on climate policies and everything. And uh, he gets a lot on the radio and he gets a lot of interviews. And um, one of the questions he gets asked very often is, are you... You know, uh, you know all these things about climate change and uh, and the possible doom uh, future. So, are you? How are you feeling? Are you feeling stressed and powerless? And I really liked his answer. His answer was, "Well, it depends on the people you surround yourself with." Because uh, um, if you listen to the press, the media, it might sound very doom and gloom because um, it's. It's it's the role of the media is to scare you, is to create uh, something very stressful, and very stressful environment. But then, if you take action and if you surround it yourself with people that are taking action, then therefore which are very positive and taking action, you create a kind of tunnel vision, and you have this feeling that you know, oh well, things are not as bad as it sounds. It might sound because of there are people doing things and we're making progress. So I think it's um, one of the very, very important things uh, when we are um, overwhelmed by this feeling of anxiety and things are, and a feeling that we're powerless. And um, I think one of the things, very, very important thing is to just surround yourself with people that are positive and take action and take action yourself because the more you surround yourself with those people, the more it will create um, you know, a positive outlook and vision of, of the problem. So. That's why, you know, I'm doing these conversations because uh, I, you know, every week uh, we have this recording and I know that at least once a week I have this conversation with people that are trying and doing things to come up with some sort of action and something actionable we can do to help and tackle climate change and and create a better future for our kids. Yeah, I I agree. 
And I think not only the little actions, but also connecting to the government and the bigger picture, uh, if people get involved with that, there are people leading these policies and creating all this stuff. So we can uh, also talk to them. So, yeah, to have both. Yeah, it's it's not only taking, oh, I mean, policy is very, very important, but it's also, um, you're creating the conditions for change. And so it's it's it could be a small thing, uh, but with big leverage, like, you know, I was listening to the um, podcast episode that went out today, so Friday, um, 31st of March, which is about, you know, what if we saw fossil fuel altogether today? That was the, you remember this conversation that we had. And one thing that Ola Benji said and uh, that completely resonated with me was that if we ask questions and, um, and ask the questions again and again, and that will help us reframe the question and maybe we come up with a better answer. So That's beautiful, yeah. Yeah, there's something he said. And um, so, yeah, we might think, okay, we're just talking, but I'm sure that, you know, we are trying to find solutions and, uh, and uh, asking questions. So maybe, you know, it will inspire some, at least me, because this is helping me uh, personally. And uh, maybe it would help other people deal with eco-anxiety. Yeah, I hope so. So yes, uh, join us for our conversations on climate change and, and carbon on carbon sessions. Uh, you can go to our website and uh, leave a message to share your thoughts. And we'd love to hear from you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.
You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.